Then we can talk. Now, here's what I want you to do. Listen carefully. And then Jack said, I'll do anything, Lord. Just tell me what to do. And then God said, okay, let go of the branch. And then Jack said, what? God said, I said, let go of the branch. Just trust me, let go. There was a long silence. Finally, Jack yelled, help, help. Is anyone else up there? <laughs> Now, you know, as humorous as the story is, I think it says a lot um, about our human nature. Uh, whenever we find ourselves in a, in a bind or in a problematic situation, you know, we want a solution that fits our liking, or at least one that we know for sure it will work, because no one likes, to, likes the feeling of being helpless. And usually what tends to happen is um, you know, we want to take control and solve it in our own way. You know, even for us Christians, um, even though we pray to God um, to deliver us from certain situations, sometimes we still pray very specific prayers regarding how we want God to help us. Now, but I want to encourage you uh, with this. Instead of just asking for a solution, I want us to ask for greater faith. Greater faith in believing that God can deliver us from this situation in his own way. Greater faith in believing that God can work through these situations for his glory and for our, for our um, own good. Greater faith in believing that God has a plan for allowing all these things to happen that is greater than anything that we can ever imagine. And why do we need to have a greater faith? Because it is essential to our walk with God. The truth is, we, can continue, we, we cannot continually walk with God and not exercise our faith in him. So this morning, you know, I want to spend our time together to look at this idea of faith and what it means for us to have faith and also what it looks like for faith to play out in our lives. So let us, uh, let us pray real quick uh, for this, for this uh, uh, message today. Lord God, we um, thank you for, um, for your word, for its truth, and, and for, um, for its power to, uh, to change our lives. Thank you also for your word, that, um, for, for, it, um, for how it can guide us and lead us in, in the way that we live and in how we can um, be more like Christ, Lord God. And so speak to us through uh, your word today. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and uh, allow your... Um, Yeah, allow your presence to just fill this place this morning. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, now the, the concept of faith is, is very fundamental to Christianity because it is very important um, to the biblical view of redemption. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Here we see first and foremost that believers are saved by God's grace. Not, and not by their faith. But faith is necessary because it is the only means by which grace, this grace can be received. So even though grace is free and available for anybody, without faith, um, a person cannot receive it. Now, if we, look at, um, if we take a look at a little deeper into the original Greek word uh, for faith, uh, pistis, pistuo, we see that faith cannot be limited to just our mind um, believing in certain ideas. Um, but there's this action um, involved where a person um, may rely on something believed to be reliable. So you know, if we take this meaning, then, there, then um, the Christian faith has to be relational. 
um, describing our reliance on a reliable God. Now, the Christian faith is also um, you know, a covenant word, um, expressing the commitment and trust that binds two parties. And we see that you know, throughout scripture, where God, by his grace, you know, makes promises um, and commits himself to his people, then his people, in turn, are to trust those promises and live in light of them. So God shows himself, to, to be, uh, shows himself faithful, and his people are to respond in faithfulness. And we see all over scripture um, that talks about faith needing to be put into action. Um, you know, behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright with him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And in another verse, um, in, all his circum- in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith by which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, you know, we can't talk about faith without looking at the most you know, famous verse in scripture about faith. Uh, and this is found in... Um, in Hebrew. Uh, now, faith is assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. You know, this is probably the, um, the most foundational definition of faith in the Bible. But before we try to understand this, uh, this definition, we first need to understand what the Bible says about hope. Um, you know, when the Bible speaks of hope, uh, it's actually different from when you and I use the word hope. Let me give you a few examples. Um, some people might, might say, some of the people here today might say, um, I hope the 49ers or the Raiders will do well this season or make it to the Super Bowl. We hope, we really cross our fingers. Um, or some of them might say, um, I really hope they will stop making Transformers movies. <laughs> they're just not that good. Stop making them. But still somehow, they're still making more. Or someone might say, um, um, I hope Spencer will make us milk tea every Sunday. <laughs> I really hope he would. And Spencer's not here to hear this today. <laughs> um, what do all these have in common? Um, they are all a desire in our hearts about something we would like to happen um, in the future, but are not sure um, if it will ever happen. Um, so it could happen, or it might never happen. We can't know for sure. However, when the Bible talks about hope, it is referring to a desire for a future outcome that is absolutely sure. Based on our trust in the the promises of God, we can be fully confident about the outcome. So, you know, another way to to understand Hebrew 11.1 is that, you know, I can have hope because I have faith in God. Uh, you see, we can have this confident type of uh, hope, uh, of faith, because the object of our faith is God. You know, our God is perfect. He cannot make mistakes. He cannot lie. And so if God tells me something is going to happen in the future, I believe it, even though I haven't seen it with my own eyes. So another way to say this is, you know, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I know God knows what tomorrow is going to bring. So if God promised uh, if God promises um, that tomorrow will bring something, and if I trust God for tomorrow, I have faith in something that I have not yet seen. And it's not only about things in the future, too, uh, but also uh, um, things unseen that God reveals to us. Um, you know, we cannot see angels, we cannot see heaven, but God reveals to us the reality of these things. And so by faith, we believe that angels and heaven do exist. 
So once again, you know, we can have this kind of faith, this kind of Christian faith, because we believe God for who he is, and therefore, we believe in what he says and the promises that he makes. Now, before we look at the more practical application of faith, you know, I want to um, look at one more example of faith. And this is probably the most famous um, example of faith in the Bible because this person has been given the title of the father of faith. And this person is? Abraham. Very good. So God came and spoke to Abraham about the future. And he said, um, go from your, home, your, your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless those who bless you, and I, I, will, bless, I, will, bless you, I will bless you, and I will make you, your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all, people, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You know, now, now Abraham had no idea um, what this place is going to be like. For all he knew, it could have been you know, a desert wasteland. And actually later on, there was actually a famine in the land. So they actually had to leave and go to Egypt. You know, but yet, you know, Abraham trusted God for what he had not yet seen. So he packed up his family and left the place um, he called home. And so you can see, you know, how, look at how happy they are. Sarah's smiling and Abraham is, you know, they're, they're, they're obeying God. And so, um, so uh, in Hebrew it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he called out when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Yeah, now notice the word faith is used um, together with the word obey. This is very important because you know, living in submission to what God commands is the essence of faith. You know, this is what Abraham did to a, ver- to a large degree, which is why, again, he is called the father of faith. So true faith leads uh, to action. And in, in our context, for our own lives, you know, it is obedience to, um, to God's command for us. You know, and we all know the famous story of God asking Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. You know, I think sometimes we can read the story and, and make Abraham to be this you know, perfect saint, as if he was saying to Isaac, you know, hey, don't worry, son. You know, I have faith that when we get up to the mountain, uh, God is going to provide um, an animal for us to sacrifice instead. So, so don't worry. You know, but, but I believe you know, Abraham was, was scared out of his mind, shaking in his boots. He, was probably, he has probably been comp- contemplating in his, in his mind the whole time, you know, how could God ask me to do this? You know, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in fact, in the act of, it was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to even raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. You know, you see, Abraham had faith and trusted when God said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. So, so he believed that even after he sacrificed Isaac, God had the power to raise him up from the dead. So he obeyed what God had told him to do, even though it was, extremely difficult, it, was extreme, it was an extremely difficult thing to do. You know, believe it or not, you know, our life is very much like Abraham's life. You know, we are on this pilgrimage passing through earth um, and eventually heading to our final destination, heaven. 
and the pilgrimage um, of the and the pilgrimage of the Christian life is a pilgrimage of faith. So it begins when God creates faith um, in our hearts. Uh, so it begins when when God first creates faith in our hearts, and in, in, in that experience, you know, we embrace Christ and trust Him for our redemption. But it doesn't end there. You know, from that point on, the whole pilgrimage of the Christian faith is rooted and grounded in that confidence, in that trust. The whole process is defined by living in faith. You know, that's why God um, told the prophet Habakkuk, the righteous shall live by faith. And this verse is quoted you know, um, three times in the New Testament, and it is the um, central motif in Paul's writing. God is pleased when his people live by trusting him. And so our faith cannot be limited to just our salvation. So the question I want, to, to, want us to think about is, you know, how is your faith being demonstrated in your life today? Now, before we, we dive into what it looks like um, to live by faith, I want to go back to the point I made earlier about Abraham's example. Living in submission to God, to what God commands, is the essence of faith. You know, do we obey when God... Um, convicts our heart to do something. When God places opportunities in our life to serve him, do we take them or do we just let them pass by? And if, if, and if we might not know, um, you know God's specific will for our individual lives, you know, are we intentionally seeking um, to find out what that is? You know, in, a, in a sermon uh, a sermon a few weeks back, you know, Pastor Harrison talked about how the Christian life is not about trying to reach a certain you know, spiritual level and then you know, maintaining it as if that is the end goal when we're, uh, uh, as if that is the end goal we're trying to reach and when we get there, then we become, you know, then we're considered like, spiritually mature. But he described the Christian life as more of a movement in that we're constantly moving towards um, a certain direction. And so for, so for as long as we are moving, or, or as long as we are striving constantly in the right direction, namely God, you know, then we're on the right track. So these next few examples um, um, that I want to give, I don't want you to see them as things to be you know, checked off on the list, but rather I want you to picture them as what life might look like uh, when we live by faith. And I want you to you know, take these examples and contextualize them in your own life and ask how could I live by faith in these areas? And remember, this is far from being you know, an exhaustive list because there are many more ways we can live by faith. But as you hear them, I hope you, can, um, I hope you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak, speak and convict your hearts. And then for you to pray and hopefully act on any convictions um, so, that, so that you could really live by faith. So, the, so one way we can live by faith is relying on God's word. You know, the more we expose ourselves to the word of God, the greater faith, um, the greater our faith in God will be. How so? You know, before we became believers, you know, our minds are filled with a lot of secular philosophies and worldviews. You know, we've been taught to pursue you know, fame, fortune, uh, comfort, happiness, etc. You know, we've been cultured to, you know, to live for ourselves Everything is about you know, our own personal rights to do whatever will make us happy. But after we have come to know Christ, you know, we have this new identity that is not of this world. So God's word teaches us how we ought to live. 
And the scripture says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, our, of your mind, so that you may prove what, is, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, so if we neglect reading scripture, you know, we can still allow these ideas um, to fill our head from the secular world. If that happens, you know, it may lessen the degree of our faith because we would be, we would be prone um, to trust in these secular ideas as opposed to trusting in God. You know, all the difficult situations, suffering, accidents, sickness that we experience in life, they all have one thing in common. They all threaten our faith in the goodness of God and tempt us to leave the path of obedience. But on the flip side, it is also through these difficult situations that our trust and faith in God can be strengthened. You know, in James it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so that's why we need God's word so much. It gives us a right perspective, especially when we encounter difficult situations uh, in life so that we would know how to respond to them. You know, God's word guides us, comforts us, grants us greater faith in those times when we need it the most. And so even coming to church on Sunday you know, is, is very important because we desperately need moments like these to focus our attention on God's word. And... Um, you know, uh, because there are just so much distraction in this world. Another way we can um, live by faith is through giving. You know, I think the idea behind giving is, is surrender. To surrender things that we hold on so tightly in this world. You know, we need to understand that, you know, all I have is actually from God. And therefore, it's only appropriate to give these things back to God. Um, oops. Uh, in Luke it says if anyone wishes to come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me so one way to give is, is actually is through, is through our time you see faith is evident when you sacrifice your time for God you can choose to live for yourself or you can choose to live for God you know I, I know we're all busy with you know, our own personal life family, work, school, etc but remember we are just sojourners passing through this world. Our final destination is heaven. And so the secular things that we do or accomplish in this world will not mean much at the end of life. And I think we all know that to be true. You know, I, I usually don't like to put um, people on the spot. But, uh, um, but without naming them, you know, you know, there are some brothers and sisters um, here at Living Hope who sacrifice a lot of their time um, to serve God. And I'm sure you, you know who some of these people are. But if we were to think selfishly for a second, you know, rather than spending so much of their time to serve uh, at church, why don't they just sp spend it to enjoy life, right? But I think you know why they would rather spend their time to serve God. And this is the evidence of their faith in their lives. Another way to give is through our finance. Um, money is always a very sensitive top, uh, subject to talk, uh, to talk about, you know, especially in church. Um, but I'm going to do it anyways because I think it's biblical and the Bible talks about it. Here's a passage that, um, that always speaks to my heart. Um, in Mark it says, And he, Jesus, sat down 
opposite the treasure and began observing how the people were putting money in the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sum. A widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his, his disciples to him, he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all, for they all out, in their, out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Um, you know, this is a, a great example of living by faith um, through giving. You know, as uh, Christine and I have been uh, support, raising support for the past, uh, for a little bit over a year now, you know, we're so thankful and blessed by all of our supporters. You know, when we see people who give very generously, it gives us greater faith in, in how God can provide for us. But at the same time, there's something equally encouraging about, about people who support us with small monthly contributions, especially when Christine and I know that they are not that well off financially. Each one must do just as he has purpose in his hearts, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, I hope we can see that um, the type of giving I'm talking about here, both time, money, and anything else, must come from the heart. Um, in the first Samuel, it says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed, to heed than the fat of rams. You know, we don't want to give just because it's the right thing to do, but we want to give because we love God and it gives us joy to do so. And then the last example I want to share about um, how we can live by faith is, is through prayer. You know, when I was in um, seminary, I remember a professor um, was talking about the topic of prayer and he asked us this question. Is prayer just a way for us to tell God what we want him to do in, in, in our lives? So let us stop and think about this question for a second, as well as our own prayer life. You know, is prayer just a way for us to tell God what we want him to do um, in, in our lives? You know, I think uh, um, sometimes people pr- when people pray, um, more often than not, they're asking for something. And usually people pray um, uh, more often when they're experiencing something bad in their lives uh, or, they, or they need deliverance from some sort of um, situation. Now, now, there's nothing wrong with asking God for help. But let me try to give you um, a better perspective on prayers and what our intention should be when we pray. Um, R.T. Sproul once said, prayer is the mo- one of the most important means of grace that we, can have, that, we can, that we have to strengthen our faith. You know, therefore, Prayer is not for God's benefit. You know, we don't pray to give him information as if he doesn't already know what's going on. We don't pray to give God advice so he can know how to better improve our lives or this world. Rather, prayer is for our benefit. It's a way, it, was, it is a way for us to spend time with him, to praise him, to thank him, to, to make a request known to him. You know, afterwards, then we get up from our knees and we watch how God will work out his will in our lives. You know, God doesn't answer our prayers to make us happier people. He doesn't answer our prayers to give us more comfortable lives. But he answers our prayers so that we can have greater faith to continue to rely on, to trust and to rely on him over and over again. 
And he answers our prayers so that in response, we can glorify him. And that's why prayer is so essential to the growing of our faith. And so I want to encourage you to make it a habit to pray to God daily and not just in times when we really need him or we're in a bind or in a you know, trouble situation. You know, and I, I want to um, end this morning by sharing a, a true story with you. You know, this is a story um, of a seminary friend of mine. Two years ago, um, he lost his three years old daughter to cancer. You know, I think that I think that has to be one of the hardest thing you could ever experience as a parent. Can you imagine, you know, what would go through your mind if that happened to you? Um, the pain, the suffering, maybe the, maybe anger. But in my friend's eulogy, he continued to praise God for his goodness and for the short life that his daughter lived. So one might think, you know, wow, he must have great faith to be able to respond like that. But at one point in his eulogy, he said this. At this particular moment in time, Tina, his wife, Tina and I are people you might describe as being of little faith. After all that our family has been through for the past two years, I don't think we have a whole lot to give. We are exhausted. We are spent. But despite the fact that our faith might be weak at this moment, I do take great comfort in the fact that it is not the quality of our faith that matters, nor is it the quantity of our faith that matters. What truly matters is the object upon which our faith rests, which is Jesus. Later on, he said, we are mourning, we are grieving this morning, but my family is going to be fine. I believe that wholeheartedly because the object of our faith is Christ. You see, anybody can have faith. Even atheists can have faith about something. But what separates us Christians from the rest of the world is that the object of our faith is the creator of this universe. If the object of our faith is, is Christ, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, full of goodness, Shouldn't we have faith and trust that God can help us overcome anything, any obstacles that we face? Shouldn't we have faith and trust that God can, will cause all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose? So if God himself, if God shows himself to be faithful, how have you been responding in faithfulness? How have you been living your life by faith? And so I want us to um, maybe just take a few moments right now, just close your eyes and just, just meditate on, on, um, on your own life. How have you been living your life by faith?
Lord God, we, um, we thank you that um, the object of our faith is, is Christ, who is perfect, who is all-powerful, who is full of goodness, Lord God, and full of wisdom. And Lord, we thank you that, um, that, that uh, we have hope, Lord God, in Christ, that um, when we place our faith and trust in him, um, that at the end of life, we will spend eternity with him, with you. And Lord, we thank you that, um, that you uh, continue to uh, speak to our hearts and convict us, Lord God, to, to live by faith. And so help us, Lord God, to cast ourselves aside and to really live our lives for Jesus, Lord God, um, not just for our salvation and redemption, but in, in all areas of our lives. Help us to um, have faith and trust in him. Help us to rely on him daily uh, for everything in our lives. So we thank you for, uh, for who you are, uh, for being our, um, the author and perf perfecter of our faith, Lord God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.